This is episode nine of the Clockwise Podcast from the editors of Tech Hive, PC World, and MacWorld for the week of September 9, 2013. Clockwise, four guests, four topics that are basically about the Apple event this week, 30 minutes. Welcome to Clockwise, a podcast that thinks it's about time Apple announced a new iPhone. I'm Jason Snell, your co-host, and sitting across from me is my very special co-host. Well, you're always the co-host, but you're very specially across from me on a real table. I'm not virtually it's across Dan from you. It's Dan Moore. I'm physically across from you. We have four people on one table in one room. I, I mean, to around really the table, not on a table, because that, we don't get, want to go crazy Get off here. the table, Lex. <laughs> sitting to my left, actually to my left, is Tech High staff writer Florence Ion. Hi, Flo. Hello. Welcome back to Clockwise. Thank you for having me again. It's very exciting to have you. I'm very excited. And sitting to my actual, well, left slash across the table from me yeah. is Macworld senior writer, soon to be not senior writer, Lex Friedman. What? What's happening to me? You're fired, yeah. Lex. <laughs> Gosh. Welcome, Lex. Thanks Tough for coming podcast. back. Hey, thanks for having me. My second appearance on the show. And your last. <laughs> So if I, if I can predict. So let me explain a little bit about what the format is here. We don't want to waste your time. We don't want to have a podcast that goes on for a million years. So clockwise lasts 30 minutes. We have four nice people, and each of them brings a topic of their own. We talk about each topic for five minutes. There's a little bonus topic at the end that has nothing to do with technology and is sometimes silly, like this week it will be. And then we're done, and you can get on with your life. And if you listen to this at twice the speed, not recommended, it'll only take 15 minutes. So let's get started. Because I'm the co-host, I'm going to go first. And here's my topic, which is something I wrote about on Macworld today as we record this, which is the iPhone 5C. This is the first time that Apple has had two iPhones in its product line. Previously, Apple has sold old models, last year's model for $100 off, two years ago model. Two years ago, by the way, up until last week, that was a, that was a phone that came out in 2010. It's the iPhone 4. It came out the week that Katy Perry's California Girls topped the charts. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Anyway. Apropos of nothing. The iPhone 5C, you know, you got that song in your head. That's what I was going for. The iPhone 5C is a new iPhone. It's a lot like the old iPhone 5, but it's got colorful uh, backs on the, on the polycarbonate cases. And it's got a few little upgrades in it, including a little C next to it. Which is pretty little good. C, extra letter. Um, and my my theory about the 5C that I wrote about today is I think the 5C is going to be a hit because I think psychologically people don't want to buy last year's model of anything. They want to buy – especially something like a smartphone where things move so fast and you, you, it's already out of date the moment you buy it. So I think people are going to buy the 5C because it's new. Even though it's mostly last year's technology, it's a new model. It's got those cool, fun colors that I think are going to appeal to a lot of people. And so in the end, I think the 5C is actually going to be a bigger hit. Hit or just as big a hit as the new iPhone 5S that's the big high-end cutting-edge technology phone that's $100 more. And I'm interested in what you guys think about the 5C and where it fits versus the 5S and where it fits. And let's start with Flo. I think the psychology of that makes total sense because if I were a little bit younger than I am now and I wanted a phone, I would probably go with something new instead of something old. Something old, yeah. It's, and they come in different colors, which is another thing that's really going to appeal. I think the iPhone's is, always been like metallic or white or black. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think overseas people really want the iPhone. They can't afford it, so they go for the cheaper phones. And I think this is going to really, I think this is going to give. I think it's going to give Android a run for its money. And this is coming from an Android user. Yeah, well, we, should, we should say you write about Android yeah. all the time on TechHive and you're an Android user. This is this is what people wanted and it comes in different colors and Apple oh spreading out a little bit. It's it's going to get it's going to get really intense. 
I think the colors are, are a good point um, yeah. because we saw this before with the iPod. Uh, when they first announced the iPod back in 2001, it was just white, right? Just white. And, and then as they moved on from there, they added the iPod Mini, which came in a bunch of colors. And the iPod Mini was the best-selling iPod up until they replaced it with the yeah. iPod Nano. And, and I think that's big for a lot of people who want to show a little bit more personality in their phone. Yeah. Um, I think that's also the reason that we saw the gold iPhone 4, a 5S as well, is that there's a little more variability there. There's a little more opportunity to distinguish yourself yeah. and not feel like, I, you know, people levy level that sort of ridiculous eye sheep, you know, thing. oh, you've got your black or white monotonous <laughs> iPhone. You can have any kind of phone. Wake up, like. sheeple. Um, <laughs> don't wake up the sheeple. Don't they'll kill us the all. Um, but I think that having all the various colors is uh, is a good way to get people convinced to like, you know, this is this isn't about me. This is my individuality, especially when the, with the whole thing with the cases, which I know we might talk about a little bit with being able to mix and match colors. Right. Uh, I think that's a that's a big a big potential deal. I don't think it's for everybody, but I think it's for many people. Um, you know, for example, I, my mother might finally make the jump to a to a smartphone, and I see no reason that she would want a 5s over a, over a 5c. She just, right. I mean, she's getting into the smartphone field for the first time at all, right? There's, she doesn't need all the cutting edge yeah. features necessarily. I advised my mom to get a a, a smartphone that was a, a year old model, just because it saves her some money and she didn't need it. But I felt bad about the whole year old model thing, sure. and again. Sure. Because it well because the, the the key thing that's different here is with the year old model it was the point where that get that got phased out quicker right because when when new versions of iOS came out the two years old model would eventually go off the rails because they wouldn't support yeah, yeah, it the exactly. iOS this is a newer model, model even though it's the same yeah, hardware presumably they're going to so support it may it, it may get supported longer Lex what do you think. I actually do agree with you, Jason. I think that people are going to buy tons of the 5C, and I think just by virtue of the fact that it looks very different, uh, it is a different phone from the previous phone. And it's the first iPhone that really looks genuinely different at all. I mean, even though they've changed the shape, they've gone from plastic to glass to aluminum, it's still... It's a very different phone. I think it actually is – I prefer it to my own five just because of that feel. I like the feel. I like the polycarbonate whatnot. You're so fickle. I am. Oh, the whatnot. That's my favorite feature of the 5C. I know. It's it certainly going to be more uh, or less fragile, yeah. I think, than and these big. I, I will be interested to up. see how that goes. I would like to see us do some some tests of that. Hurl some we'll phones against yours. the ground. <laughs> Yeah, but it seems like it would be more rugged than than the older models. More like the the three G and the three GS that it might that be less back. denting. That's for sure. I might yeah, you can see my five S has all sorts of scuffs and dents on it because I use it pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, it might get scratched, but I think it's not going to get like destroyed. Because right. I think you'll be able to drop shelf. it and it'll keep on ticking. All right. Any other thoughts about the five C five S before we move on? No. C is for cool. Okay. <laughs> C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. It's good enough for all of us. Right, Flo, what do you like? Uh, what do you want to talk about today? In this all Apple edition, you gonna make trouble? Yes, possibly. <laughs> uh, with what I have to say. So yesterday, Apple announced its uh, new M7 coprocessor to go with the new 64-bit A7. Woo! Uh, Chips. They also announced uh, the slow mo and burst mode camera modes and uh, the big pixels. Yeah, great well. band, the big pixels. Yeah. yeah. Like their stuff. It's a micron and a half, you know, if you speak micron. I Every time I hear <laughs> big pixels, I just think of Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z, which is <laughs> nice. big pixels. Anyway, that's the song that goes in my mind. Um, but, I, you know, when I was sort of hearing this yesterday during the event, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to be the naysayer, but I sort of felt like, man, you know, I've heard all this stuff already. I mean, God, the Moto X has had that, you know, uh, they got their X8 processing architecture that, you know, 
is the reason that I can yell at it from across the room. And I've all these camera modes, I've already been using them and all these different Android phones I've been testing and, and playing with. And what is Apple doing here? It just sounds like they're they're copying everybody else. But I mean, that's actually kind of a bad word. I think I just said a curse word by saying the word copying. But I just find it very interesting the way um, the way companies are sort of come in after each other and, and one-upping each other with these different features that, you know, they're just really good things to market. And But you've, you've seen them before. I've seen and them before. And now you're before. seeing them again. It's yeah. all And I, I just didn't, I didn't expect this from Apple, I guess. I know they announced some really cool new stuff yesterday and, uh, you know, the 64-bit thing definitely threw us all for a loop there. But a lot of that stuff, I just wasn't, it just didn't really have that oomph that Apple usually, hmm. you know, has with its iPhones. So that's my yeah. Dan. Opinion. What do you think? Well, I think some of that. I think some of that feeling might come from also not only have we seen this in other places, but there were so few surprises yesterday for those who follow the Apple Apple rumor mill. So this in some ways, true. we had seen so much of this before. Yeah. It, it got we knew really bad. Yeah, even if it was from Apple. Um, it was but in terms yeah. of the the stuff that's you know, there's certainly a lot of features, and this is not the first time Apple has added features that someone else has had first, right? Yeah, I mean, notification center, <laughs> notification center. I mean, even like copy and paste. I think had implementations on some of the other yeah, yeah. smartphones before Apple got oh, to yeah. it. You know, they have. They have a tendency to do this, which is to say kind of wait until they can pick off that low-hanging fruit later, um, maybe not spend all their time, you know, trying to play, you know, play let's let's keep up with the Joneses and more like, oh, hey, we added this thing that you've seen, you know, in other places because we decided like with these new features, it's finally worthwhile for us to do this thing. Um, so, you know, the burst mode thing, I think, for example, is pretty cool. It's it's maybe nothing new, nothing but new I think yet. their implementation of it is very nice. Uh, having used it very briefly at the event yesterday, it seems like a really easy way to manage that. Um, but I don't know if it's so much. I mean, part of it is probably them playing catch up and feeling like, hey, what else can we add? What, what can we bring to this that we haven't already done? But I think some of it is also just uh, deciding, you know, prioritizing. Like it really comes down to for them what they think is worth spending the time on right now. And maybe those things just didn't make the cut until now. Um, but some of the stuff is genuine. I mean, the 64-bit architecture is is quite groundbreaking. It may not be useful today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's nothing really there to take advantage of it. But it's going to be the kind of thing that you see in phones going forward. They're not going to go backwards, right? They're not going to have a ne- – the next phone's not going to have, oh, we decided to go back to 32-bit. <laughs> yeah. 16-bit. 8-bit is all the phone. rage. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's certainly going to inform designing and developing applications going forward. So I think that's, that's what they're doing. They're sort of putting the iPhone 5S out there as like, this is our test bed, and this is all the stuff we're going to have going forward. But, yeah, I'm okay with it. Lex, what do you think? Well, you know, I, uh, it wasn't like the iPhone didn't have access to burst mode before. Uh, it's, this, it's the first time that it's in there natively, mm-hmm. but there were third-party apps that were doing it. There's some very popular third-party apps that take insane amounts of photos mm-hmm. on an instant, and then you can pick and choose. And I think to Dan's point, you know, what's interesting about what Apple's doing is they're saying, uh, you have way too many photos when you do that, so how can we help you organize them? And can we algorithmically pick the best one and let you make it really easy for you to delete all the other ones in a single tap? It's like, that stuff that I, I think is nice, but... Uh, I don't mind Apple playing catch-up. It should, right? If there's things that people are doing better, it's it's the right thing to do for Apple to emulate them. Notification Center was a must-have, and I was glad when they copied that off Android. Um, 
And I, I from you said copy, copied, inspired. When you inspired do that, by <laughs> homage. Well, you know, it's it's a lose lose for Apple, right? They can either ignore the feature and the people say, "Why, Why don't you have this?" this? Yeah. Or you can do it and they say, "Well, yeah. you guys are just copying." It'd be worse for them to have the pride of like, "Well, you got that to that feature first, so we'll never exactly. do it." And but I mean, you <laughs> can also look. I mean, no multitasking ever. <laughs> anytime, anytime a touchscreen phone competitor says Apple's copying us, it's a little bit funny since Apple kind of invented the genre. But when you, um, at least the way it's it's handled now. But I think you know when you look at something like the fingerprint sensor and the 5s, you know that. As many phone makers as can emulate that are going to try to emulate that, and that's where things just going to get more and more common. So, I, it doesn't shock me that there is some of that borrowing going on between all the different competitors, and it's, I think that's a, a never-ending cycle. I was actually a little surprised that there was more innovation than I thought there was going to be. Which is not to say what? that, you, which, which is not to say that you, uh, yeah, oh, watch out, here it comes. No, it, it's not to say that you're not right. I, I think there are in some areas where there, there's definitely catch up. I was talking about how cool I thought the super, the super slow mo, 120 frames per second feature is, and the, their software implementation of that is very nice. It looks like, but the fact is, the Motorola One or the yeah, sorry, the HTC One has that feature. The Galaxy S4 has that feature. I did some Google searches. It's interesting because that feature's in there, but it sounds like it's actually kind kind of hard to get to and all that. They're so, all like embedded behind buttons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's interesting in that Apple's doing a Me Too with the hardware and then trying to layer some shine on top of it. Well, and yeah, sometimes that's, that's the demo. game that Apple's yeah, playing yeah. Is, is not like the feature is new, but maybe the feature works a little bit better, but it's really a familiar feature. But the 64-bit thing, which I do think is kind of insane um, and maybe not maybe doesn't have a point it, yet. It wasn't that long ago that the Mac went 64-bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, and Windows went 64-bit. <laughs> right, within too, right? the last, what, four or five yeah, years? Yeah. Like, that's the, the acceleration curve on that is kind of nuts. You know, the big the big Pixels thing, I think what's interesting there is that, that Apple is playing a different game than, like, Nokia is to try and get to the same goal. Because the same goal ultimately is to get, have these little smartphones take good pictures. And Apple is trying a different approach from the let's pack in the megapixels and then do lots of processing of the big megapixels to, to have it be better. Apple's going the other direction, which is get these big we have don't have as many pixels, but our pixels are huge, right? And trying to do it that way. The the flash, the LED flash is an interesting idea. That's that, the new one. That seems yeah. to be truly new. The burst mode is not new at all, not even on the platform. It's just built in. The touch ID thing is interesting. Apple didn't invent the color gold. So it's a little mixture of both. But, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Apple didn't invent the color didn't gold? Didn't invent the I'm, color gold. They what? did invent not the sure color space gray, though. So <laughs> Someone had to. Somebody if, had if to. If they didn't. But anyway, I thought I thought some of that was interesting that, that they were trying to do some stuff that was either innovative or they were doing the old Apple thing of well, it's a feature. This is what they always say, right? It's a feature you've seen before, but never like this. Yes. And they put their <laughs> shine on it, it like this. Um, and so we'll we'll see how how much of that stuff actually gets used by people. I think that's the question. Like with the 120 frames per second on the Galaxy S4 or the HTC One, it's like are people really using that or is it hidden away and and it very rarely comes out? And will people use that feature on Apple's implementation or will it be one of those things that ends of being sort of a check mo- checkbox. Like, yeah, it's there. Nobody uses it. So I don't know. But um, I think you make some good points. I think Apple does need to catch up with some of this stuff, and I'm glad that they are trying to play catch up in those areas. I'm glad it wasn't all catch up, I guess I would say, that yeah. they were trying. Like the 64-bit thing is pretty pretty far out there. Lex, you want to make a catch, catch up and <laughs> mustard joke I'm glad they mustered here? up some more things than just catching up. That's all. You said that with relish. I really – damn it. <laughs> Dan, what's your uh, what's your topic? Um, well, 
our, you know, our phones have been great for years at collecting fingerprints, but usually <laughs> they're just on the screen. So, so you know, we saw this new Touch ID sensor that they had yesterday, and, and those of us, Lex and Chase and I, were there and actually got to try it out and scan our fingerprints in, which was kind of cool. Yeah, um, so we're in Apple's database. We are in Apple's database. Um, and I, I kind of, I'm curious, like, you know, when Lex mentioned to this, you know, alluded to this a moment ago and saying that he's sure that so many of the other vendors are going to try to catch up and copy on this feature. So are fingerprints the future? Is that where we're going? Is that is this your new security path? Are we killing the password in favor of fingerprints? You're going to touch everything and it will just unlock magically your door, your car, your refrigerator. I don't know why you lock your refrigerator, Lex, but I know you do. What do you think? I want to keep you out of it. But, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the truth is there's something very smart behind using your fingerprint because uh, like we've talked about on the sites and on other podcasts, passwords are a crappy way of verifying that you are who you say you are. Um, and that's why, you know, Twitter and Google do all that two-factor authentication stuff because this way it's not just that you have a password, but you can have something else that identifies that you are who you claim to be because you've got your cell phone here. Now, when you're authenticating with your cell phone, you don't have to have your password. You can say, look, I'm me by virtue of the fact that I have my finger here. I wouldn't be at all surprised if some of Apple's competitors tried to not look like they were copying the finger by saying, let me scan your eye or your voice print or, your or something else. Well, yeah, there's some also, there, are, there right. are tons of those. Yeah. And they've, they've tried various things, none of which have worked right. Like if you use my face, I can hold up a picture of the person and unlock the phone. Not ideal. Uh, but I think that the fingerprinting stuff will keep going. And I think as people get more comfortable with the fact that, no, it's not necessarily allowing the NSA to build up a database of every single place you've gone and every time you use your phone and play Candy Crush, I think as long as people get that assurance over time, uh, it'll get more and more mainstream. But I, I certainly think it's anything is better than passwords. Passwords are terrible, and uh, I like it. I'm all in favor of the fingerprinting. I'm glad you mentioned security um, and privacy. I think that one of the things that we need to see is we want the hackers to get their hands on this and verify fingers. whether or the and, the and their fingers, thank you, uh, and verify whether this is actually a good implementation or not because Apple can say it's good, but they need to yeah. check it well, out and see. You can't have security through obscurity. You need to have people right. sort of put it to the test. Or Yeah, you want them to lift somebody's fingerprints on a piece of tape and put it on there and see if they can fake it or not. Apple says no. Sounds like some of the experts are saying it looks like it's a pretty good sensor. It's not a it's not a, yeah. a, a bogus implementation. It should be pretty solid. But, but we, they, they've we said to, that before. Yeah. We need to get the details. We need to see that it won't be fooled and that um, it's truly being stored in in, a, in a, an inaccessible place and not being transmitted anywhere. But I agree with Lex that it is um, passwords stink. And the more times we can do verification, if it's really secure for in-device in to say, this is me, I think that's good. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up is um, Apple on its mobile devices has actually been really terrible about having multiple users. And mm -hmm. maybe not on the iPhone, but like on the iPad. I would love an iPad this year or next year that not only had the fingerprint sensor, but could change your settings based on whose Absolutely. print it was so that you could get on Android devices and on Kindle Fires, you can have multiple users of an iPad. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard who says, I, I want to give this iPad to somebody, but I don't want them to read my email. I don't want my kids going through my stuff. I want to be able to set up parental controls when they unlock my iPad. And Apple's answer has been, buy another iPad. So it would be nice if this led Apple down the road to having it, more users on their devices, especially on the iPad. It seems like such an elegant solution, too, that I feel like they could do that. Like, oh, yeah, your kid picks it up, presses their finger on the home button, and bam, it's got all their software, their games, all the stuff they're allowed to see. That seems so elegant compared to you need a username out, and a log password in. and yeah. log it. Yeah, so yes. I think that's genius. Maybe it'll they, open some doors I'm, there. I'm, I agree with you. I'd like to see that. 
Um, I do want to first admit that I am a really terrible person and I don't lock my phone. You're one of, um, you're one of the 50%. Yeah, you're not, Apple. you're not. You're not alone. Part of the reason for this now, you know, being that I am an Android user, Android has brought all sorts of different ways that you can lock, uh, unlock your phone. You can use a, a pin number, a, you can trace the screen, you can have it unlock with your face or with your voice. Um, all of these things aren't entirely secure, and I just sort of have accepted the fact that I am using a smartphone. I store 75% of my data in the cloud. If somebody wants my stuff, take it. I don't. I, I maybe <laughs> yeah, this is not the best thing. Give I mean, <laughs> I, I don't work for the FBI. I just kind of have accepted it. That said, I do think it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting thing what Apple's doing because the majority of the people who are buying Apple phones are the common non-techie man and woman, uh, they want something that makes them feel very secure, the thing that's going to make them feel secure. Again, we go back to psychology here, which Apple is very good at. Right. Makes you feel secure. It makes you feel so much more secure to know that your fingerprint, which even if you're a twin, your your twin brother or sister will not have the same fingerprint as you. Your evil twin might. Exactly. It's unclear. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, Will not be able to get into your stuff. So I think the psychology of it is going to work really well for consumers. But, you know... I'm still not being protected from the one thing that I want to be protected from, which is the government. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Say very quietly because they're so, not listening. They're not not to not put my tinfoil hat on, but, you know, just. I'm just glad the evil twin thing doesn't work. Because I, I think they've got a new system where it detects if you have a goatee or not. Right. And it determines whether or not you're yeah. the evil twin. So that's good. That's, that's good. Um, no, I, I think the fingerprint stuff is cool. I, I was just hoping that it does not re- lead to a rash of crimes where people are disembodying fingerprints yeah, or like yeah, yeah, mugging you off at people's night fingers. to like, <gasps> press your finger on this. Yeah, yeah. I know. Exactly. It's, it's creepy. I don't want, I don't want it yeah. to get to that point. But, but right now they, they just make you, I mean, it's like taking somebody to the ATM and making them put in their sure, code. You can sure. do it under force anyway. Yeah. But yeah. there are so many other things that it's nice they put in there to prevent this sort of security stuff like new activation lock features, all these things to discourage people from stealing iPhones because they'll be less useful. Um, so let's have Lex talk about his topic. What do you got? I'm really unhappy with Apple's decision to get into making iPhone cases. I'm especially unhappy Again. because I think that the iPhone cases they're making are embarrassingly bad. Uh, you know, I, I like the idea. I think it's very clever to say, hey, you've got this colorful iPhone. You can make it even more your own with all these different permutations and combinations with this other thing you can put on the 5C. And we've got these holes so that you can still see the color you want. But as uh, I have complained about loudly anywhere anyone will listen, the holes stupidly let the iPhone word, that word iPhone, and uh, some of the FCC gibberish at the bottom of the phone bleed through. And it hun, looks really stupid. Non. It says hun or non. It's dumb. It looks It looks like somebody forgot to look at it before they packaged it. Like maybe they were only working with blank phones and then they printed the things on there like, oh, crap. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's two things that bother me about them. And the, the, the leather ones for the iPhone 5S, they don't feel like leather. They don't look like leather. They're <laughs> Apple told me directly they're, they're very difficult to put on and take off. So let's not take the one off that's on this phone that you're looking at. <laughs> um, so if, first of all, if you're not going to do a great job with it, then maybe don't do it. And to, like this, and you know, Jason, you made this to me, made this point to me in conversation yesterday. This is a, another example of Apple saying, "Lots of people are making money in the accessory market with our phones by making cases. Let's get in on some of that loot by by jumping in." It's not like they've done the best cases or the greatest. It's not you know the smart cover, brilliant, very clever. Yeah. they should make that. But there's nothing special about these cases. They're not great, and it's, it seems like a money grab that Apple doesn't need to be grabbing. Yeah, I mean they they help they control. 
the retail channel, and now their retail people are going to be pushing people presumably toward these cases, and that'll be a lot of money for Apple and good for them. Unfortunately, yeah, they don't look like very good cases. They don't seem to protect super well the four C or the five C case. Um, wants to be like wants your dirt. It wants right. to collect your dirt. The whole the whole thing is weird. Um, I don't think it's that great a look anyway. And you're right. You just said it's, they're not even good cases, and that's true. Like Apple is ignoring the reason why people actually won cases, which is the protection. Protection. They, yeah. They don't even seem and, to afford well, that. Well, the 5C, much. the 5C looks like it's pretty rugged as it is. Yeah. So I'm not sure this case makes it any more rugged, and it's going to collect dirt. It, you know, and the color matching thing is a good idea. I think they could have done a better case, and the, they they didn't. And you know, historically, Apple hasn't been great with the accessories. But the you're right, the smart covers. I actually really love my smart covers, and mm-hmm. that's all I have on my iPad and my iPad Mini are smart covers. They did a good job with that product. This product, yeah, not so much. So I don't know. I wanted just trivia though. Thirty five holes. There are 35 holes on the back of the iPhone 5C case. So it's seven rows of five or five rows of seven. Keep counting, Dan. Can you count that high? No, I ran out of fingers. I don't I don't see the point of these cases. <laughs> it, this seems very uncharacteristic of Apple, actually, uh, just, because, just because Ching. the colors are so – they're kind of gaudy. I'm well, sorry. the 5C colors are kind of gaudy, too. Um, it's sort of true. like I haven't seen it in person either, so I'm just going in by person, what I've seen. In person, they're beautifully gaudy. They're bright. <laughs> okay. They're bright. Oh, my gaudy, um, you might say. I think the, the you know, and it doesn't even really cover the whole thing. I mean, if you get water on the back of your case, it's going to spill through into the chassis. It's not actually protecting yeah. it in, in whatever way. I think that the, the biggest appeal for this will be for kids. I think this will be really marketable for for kids to sort of be like, oh, look, I'm, I've got my my neon phone. And yeah, but I'm telling you, there's going to be a grandma box. who's going to go into the Apple store and want to buy an iPhone, and they're going to choose the 5C, and they're going to end up be- being sold one of these cases because people who don't yeah. know anything are going to go, and they're going to have those cases. And Yeah, non, non, non. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. I don't understand. I mean, you know, I'm just glad that these cases weren't $99 as Apple's <laughs> last foray into cases were. Um, they've, they've gotten at least a little better about the pricing. But I, I – yeah, I don't know. They, they always do this, right? The iPhone 4 and 4S had the bumpers. You know, the – That I thought was reasonable. Yeah. I don't object to the bumpers. Reason, but like, I mean, they're this fine. is my point is that it's not – it's the same thing. They're going to make a case because they feel like they're leaving money on the table. Are these good cases? No. No, I don't <laughs> think so. But some people will buy them. Some people will sure. go and buy third-party Impulse. cases anywhere. Some people like me will just not bother with a case, especially I think that phone doesn't really feel like it needs one. I, don't I think thought the 5C, 5C does, feels no. pretty pretty rugged and pretty – I mean, especially not a case like that that doesn't really do anything. <laughs> I really a only case use, that's full of holes. <laughs> yeah. I, only, I only use cases for uh, – Boosting my iPhone's battery. I use battery cases. Uh, well, that's functional. I, I understand right. that. This is not. <laughs> this is the opposite of functional. Anti-functional. I just want to add that cases are really important for a lot of people. It really expresses who you are as an individual. Yeah. I mean, I've. There's I no only, other way for me to do it's this. It's so true, though. I only yeah. have cases that express me as a person, and right now I don't have a case because I'm using the Moto X. And what does that say about you? What does that say about you? I feel you're not even really a person. I just. Now. I feel. I feel unwhole. I feel empty. You feel a hole? How do you feel 35 holes? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. If so, the iPhone 5C case is for you. you know, well, that's what Apple says is this is customization. You can get a blue phone with a green case or, you know, whatever it is, and you can get Collect this multicolor, multicolor thing. And they, said, they actually they said they expect you to buy more than one. People will buy more than one. Yeah, I don't know. Especially if we tell them to. Maybe you we're just buy more than one. Maybe we're just awful, cynical people, and everybody will eat these cases up. But I, I do think I, flows I, I think Kids not. are going to buy them. Sure. 
kids. You, what can kids you do with, with their money? Know, they don't well, know kids nothing. will tell their parents to buy to them because yeah. their parents won't know any better. Or a blue one. But we're telling you, parents. If I review the five C case for MacWorld. I have. I've only held it in my hand for yeah. maybe five minutes combined, but it's getting like negative mice. I just wow. want to be clear. Okay. Well, rabid. That's mice. scary. That um. That just about wraps up our regular, normal, yes. run of the mill tech question. So let's uh let's switch gears a little bit. Bonus question time, bonus Dan. Bonus question. So our bonus question, which came up a little bit before the show, and this is very important, is what condiment do you prefer on your hamburger? And toppings. And toppings, toppings and condiments. Toppings and condiments. What do you have on a hamburger? I like my hamburger medium well. I would put light lettuce, not heavy lettuce, ketchup, sometimes honey mustard, sometimes not. I'm never going to complain about some kind of bacony thing on a burger. <laughs> Any, anything, as long as it's bacony. Right. Bacony. And, bacon, you know, bacon bits. Cheese. Bacony lettuce. All that stuff. Mm. If, you, if you get some cheese on there, and the, I want my burger to be as unhealthy as possible. So maybe some ice cream. No, all no right. ice cream, but the bacon, the cheese, the lettuce, the honey mustard, ketchup. All right. Fair enough. I'm a very picky eater, so... I like uh, I like a cheddar cheese on the on the on the cheeseburger, and ketchup, and that's it. That's it. All the all the how do you like your burger? All the cooked, and I like it medium. Uh, veggies and stuff don't want it. I feel like I might be worse because I uh, I've actually my boyfriend and I just recently committed to uh, being vegetarian. <gasps> um, so I Gasp. haven't had a burger in a really really long time. The best vegan burger that I ever had was this fried. To- Everybody's gonna be like, "Why are you telling us this?" But this <laughs> this fried this perfectly fried tofu patty <laughs> with avocado, mango chutney, wow. uh, lettuce sprouts, and like a, just a big thick slice of red beet on top. <laughs> In between, <laughs> I just sorry, you can tell the East Coasters <laughs> on this side of the table who are like, "What is that?" That is the most Californian answer I'm, ever. I'm born and raised in Me California, too. and I- <laughs> Me too. And our East Coasters are appalled at what we've just done. I'm glad Flo loosened that up for me because I eat meat, but not – I don't eat hamburgers. Oh, damn. I don't. No, I haven't had meat. a hamburger. So, no, I, I eat red meat. I just don't like hamburgers. haven't had one since I was a little child. Had a Boca burger? Have a chicken burger? A I, so I eat chicken, chicken sandwiches. Are the, that's what I generally eat when I go out. You know, And so I have like a like a chicken sandwich with cheese. I like cheddar cheese. cheese cheddar cheese is Thanks. good on it. Uh, bacon. Barbecue sauce. Mm. I think that for me is a Ooh, that's yeah. a really good sandwich right oh, there. Yeah, that's I, I love that. Good. Barbecue sauce is delicious. Wow, that's my fan. But barbecue I'm not a, not a hamburger eater, to that's my father's dismay. Wow. Well, listeners, we hope you got something out of that. That was our wackiest one ever. <laughs> but sadly, we have been carefully watching the clock, and uh, as you could tell, that's literally all the time we have. Uh, Florence Island, Flo. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you guys again. And being brave enough to talk about your skepticism about Apple in this room of uh, Apple-focused people. I appreciate it. And uh, Alexander Friedman. Oh. Lex Friedman. Lex. Lex. Thank you for being here. It's so so nice to have you back with us. Thank you. So until next time, from all of us here at Clockwise, watch what you say. And always keep watching the clock. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios.